Hello, everyone. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. I am back a second week in a row. I am the gaming marketing manager over at Lenovo Legion, and I am so thrilled to be here today with Kirsten G from Intel. Hey, Kirsten, how are you? Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to see you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's great seeing you and, you know, talking to the rest of the fans. This is, this is super cool. Uh, we're so Ready glad to be bombarded to with questions. Bring them on. Heck yeah. Well, let me let everyone know how they can submit their questions before we dive on into everything. So for this Q&A, we will be pulling questions from the TSMU Discord. So if you have a question for Kirsten, head to discord.gg TSMU and ask your questions in the Ask Stream Questions here channel. Once you've asked your question, join the waiting room voice chat to wait to be selected to join us on the show. So while people are getting their questions in, Kirsten, why don't you let us know a little bit about yourself and what you do in your role as a marketing manager at Intel? Sure, so a little bit about me. I've been in the gaming industry for, ooh, almost 11 years now. It feels like so long. Uh, so at Intel, I, I lead our strategy for desktop gaming. So I am the HQ strategy lead working on releasing new CPU products for desktop. So I get to do all kinds of cool stuff, working uh, with all of our teams globally, working with different influencers, working on different campaigns to kind of bring everything to life. So hopefully you'll get to see that soon. So <laughs> stay tuned. Awesome. Wow. Sounds amazing. And I have worked with Intel extensively in my role at Lenovo. So I cannot believe that our paths have not crossed <laughs> just yet. But here we are now. Small world. Excited to uh, make the connection and hear so much more about what you're doing over there at Intel. Um, so with that, why don't we go ahead and dive right into the questions? I do already have a few queued up. Um, so how did you get your start in esports and gaming? Ooh, that is a really good question. So I'll start with gaming. Uh, I basically grew up playing games. Uh, as soon as I could fit a Game Boy in my hands, that's all I did. Uh, I was so obsessed with playing Pokemon uh, that my parents actually got me a second Game Boy so I could trade with myself because none of my friends were like as obsessed with me. So they're just like, okay, you can go in the corner by yourself and just play Pokemon. Um, but that kind of continued as I got older. I got different consoles. Eventually, uh, I got into PC gaming. I played some Korean MMORPGs. I started getting into StarCraft after I graduated college. So I was a little bit late to the game. Uh, and that's where I got really invested into esports. So that's when I started staying up till like three in the morning to tune into GSL um, and just kind of just watch all these different esports events. Uh, I'm a big fan of Apex right now. So that's, that's my jam right now. I love fighting games. I love watching that, even though I'm not super great at them. They are super entertaining to watch, but I think really when I when I first kind of immersed myself in esports and kind of got involved in StarCraft, started learning the communities, that's where the interest started. And that's where I started getting involved into collegiate esports as well. Ooh, awesome. I can't wait to dig more into the collegiate esports. So it sounds like you got your start console and kind of handheld gaming devices. Mm -hmm. So. Would you say you're still mainly a console player or have you made the switch to PC gaming? 
Ooh, when I was first able to afford a PC, that's why I went ham and I started building my own rigs. Um, I still like console. I still have like a Switch. Uh, as you can see, I have Celeste from Animal Crossing in my background, but I feel like primarily now it's all PC gaming for me. Nice, nice. That's what we like to hear over here at Lenovo Legion. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what is your background in professionally? Sure. So my background has mostly been in gaming. So when I first graduated college, I I came out with a degree in business management. I mm -hmm. was lucky enough to kind of stumble my way into the industry. Like I've always been a huge fan of games. I played them all my life, but I really didn't expect to end up in the gaming industry until I landed a community manager role. So I started at a company called Perfect World. Um, if you're familiar with them, they make MMO, MMORPGs. Uh, so I was able to work on some MMOs. I actually worked on a Facebook game with them. So you can mm -hmm. kind of tell how old I am just by that phrasing, Facebook social game. Uh, so that was kind of my jump into the industry. After that, I went to Konami. I went to GSN Games. I worked on some mobile games here and there. And then that kind of just propelled my career from there. Wow, awesome. So were you working at all on the game development side? Or was it more community management and getting your hands into that community and the players mm -hmm. that are that are involved in the game? A little bit of both. So some of the work I was doing as a CM, there was some overlap with a lot of content management stuff. So physically going into a spreadsheet to edit some of the kind of item descriptions, which would be added to the game. So that kind of level of stuff, but a lot of it was primarily from a community and a marketing yeah. perspective. So a lot of stuff on social, a lot of just interacting one-to-one -one with different members of the community, making sure their voices were heard. So if there was a suggestion or they had an issue with the game, I could just like run over to the other cubes and talk to our developers and say like, hey, red flag, like our players are facing this issue. What can we do? Yeah, absolutely. So in your current role at Intel, are there any community management responsibilities that you are still carrying over to this day? <laughs> It's funny that you bring that up because before I got into this role around marketing strategy, I was actually working very closely with the team behind the Intel Gaming Social Channel. So some of the, the fun little meme posts you may have stumbled upon in the past uh, year and a half, some of those I, had, I wrote up. Um, but for the most part, we have a pretty robust team here at Intel who are really focused on making sure our social media and our community at least from the gaming perspective, is, is very strong. And, you know, it's all run by gamers, too. So we're all nerds. <laughs> we're all gamers. So when you're talking to someone on Intel Gaming, uh, they're, they're also a huge gamer, too. Oh, my gosh. Well, I can definitely verify that from my perspective. <laughs> it's, it's true. All of the Intel Gaming folks are definitely gamers. Um, and it's, it's a breath of fresh air when I get to work with them directly. So. Your first job, you said, was at Perfect World. Yes. What was that experience like? And do you have any advice for others on landing that first job? Ooh. So Perfect World, I think, was a great place for me to start. Um, they were kind of new. They were fresh. So they are a Chinese company. So they were kind of getting their roots uh, in the US. I was working at their US HQ. So it's a really small team. So they were trying to figure stuff out. They were in this kind of startup-y phase. So there was a lot for me to kind of just figure out on my own. 
So with with certain companies that have that startup kind of phase or that startup mentality, you kind of have to figure stuff out on your own. Luckily now it's a lot easier because we have stuff like TSMU where you can kind of ask people and get some feedback and talk to other folks in the industry. Uh, back, back in my day, <laughs> it wasn't so easy to find those kind of connections. Um, but when it comes down to kind of jumping in, I think it's 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 a learning experience. Like you're you're gonna stumble a little bit. You have to figure stuff out on your own, and that was my kind of experience. Um, but overall, it, it was it was a great way to kind of learn and figure out what I wanted to do in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to just trying to get your foot in the door, try to break into industry, it really comes down to a numbers game. So you're mm-hmm. gonna take a lot of rejections. I think. Ooh, over the course of my career, I've probably interviewed like 30 plus times or I've gone on site to different game studios, different um, peripheral companies. Uh, and I just got the, the hard no. I, I mean, it happens. Like you're, you're going to hit in the face with the no's. You're going to hit in the face with the, sorry, you're not the best fit right now. But I would say don't get discouraged. Keep applying. Keep kind of working on your resume. Keep talking to other folks in the industry to kind of build up that wealth of knowledge. So when you go to your next inter- your next uh, interview or when you're looking for a different role, you kind of have that like background and that knowledge base you can pull from. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. So next question here: How would you recommend reaching out to other people in the esports industry for networking? How do you make that first step towards building that connection? So, usually my first answer would be go to an event, but unfortunately, given the uh, the time right now, it's not very feasible. But I'm really thrilled that we have things like. TSMU, where you can just kind of hop onto Discord and talk to folks who are in the same boat as you or are industry folks. That's a really great way to network. Um, Twitter is also a great one, LinkedIn. Like, definitely don't be afraid to send kind of a cold call email or a cold call LinkedIn message to someone you respect in the industry. You might not get a response, but it doesn't hurt to kind of reach out and poke and kind of say like, hey, you work at such and such company as a you know marketing manager or community manager. Could you kind of answer a few questions? Most people will definitely respond. Most people are willing to help you kind of figure out what you want to do in the industry or answer some of your questions. So just definitely take the first step, put yourself out there uh, and absolutely don't be afraid to ask questions. I would totally agree with that. And the worst thing that happens is that person doesn't respond or they say no. So it's totally putting yourself out there. And I will say from my perspective, it's always nice when someone reaching out knows something personal Mm -hmm. as well. Like they've paid attention to something that you have done in the industry, whether that's a TSMU Q&A or if it's they saw a tweet that you sent that they really Mm -hmm. liked adding some kind of a personal touch and the reason why you're contacting that person can really go a long way, at least. Yeah, in my absolutely. Like get involved in conversations. Like we're seeing a lot of yeah. stuff trend on Twitter around gaming careers or just questions about gaming in general, like get involved in those conversations. People are pretty open to responding. Like if you tweet at a game dev, they're usually more than happy to respond. Like, of course, don't bombard them with questions. Make sure you kind of keep it at a minimum, so you know they're not overwhelmed because they're getting hundreds of these questions a day. But 
I mean, like I said, just get involved in the conversation if you can. Yeah, exactly. Meaningful contributions can definitely mm -hmm. go. Yeah. Ugh, awesome advice all around so far. So I'm jumping back to the collegiate collegiate experience. So I know that you spent some time working at Collegiate Star League. So can you talk about your time and your experience there? And in addition, what learnings did you gain from working in the collegiate space? And is there any advice you could offer to students who want to get involved? Sure. So I, I adored my time at CSL. So I joined ooh, 2011, I think. I was there for around six years, uh, mainly working on community and social media. Uh, I was looped into some of the event production stuff, which was great. Like I would help handle logistics for flying out some of the teams to, for example, DreamHack Austin, or we had an event in San Francisco, kind of managing some of the player relations stuff as well. Uh, so I was getting my my hands dirty with all these other different um, roles within the org. But overall, like collegiate esports, like it's a fun, it's it's fun. Like it's a different level than what you would expect from you know, some of the tier one esports, like it's, of course, you're not going to have super high production, but you have folks who are just like putting every ounce of energy they can into something they really care about. And I'm still a huge fan of collegiate esports. Like I want to see that grow and thrive. And I'm, I'm thrilled to see different colleges offering scholarships. Like that's crazy. When I was in school, like the best we had was like a gaming club. Right. But now you have students who are applying for full ride scholarships for an esports team. And I think that's that's pretty freaking cool. I totally agree. It is like such an amazing new world and new frontier, if you will. <laughs> like so yeah. much opportunity is now available that was not available in the past, you know, when we were going through school. Mm -hmm. So really encouraging to see. And you said that you spent a lot of time at events, it sounds like. <laughs> um, did you have a favorite event experience specifically from working with CSL? So our DreamHack event at the first DreamHack Austin was was my shining star. That was the last year I was with CSL too. So it was kind of like my bon voyage. <laughs> like, this is a big event I get to go to. I flew out to Austin. Um, the first night I flew in, I think I landed around 7 p.m. coming out of San Francisco. And we mm. were at the venue too, I think a good four in the morning, just setting up, preparing, getting everything ready to go, getting like... Um, all the posters up, making sure all the wiring was ready to go, getting all the equipment loaded in. Like, it was crazy. And you're not going to see that for a lot of companies that were doing these level events. But, like, I mean, I was a community person getting my hands dirty, like, setting up different, like, setups and whatnot. Um, and I definitely took a few naps on the floor. No shame. And sometimes when you're when you're scrappy, you got to make do with what you got. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's collegiate. Sometimes it's it's rough. Like thankfully we had sponsors there to help us, of course. Like we had folks on board. We had like the staff at DreamHack help us. But you know, collegiate esports is growing. Sometimes you gotta you gotta get your hands dirty. You gotta put your elbows into it. Yeah, exactly. Fun. It sounds like regardless of all the hard work and the extremely late night that it still made an impact and has a lasting impression on you oh, as yeah. your favorite CSL I will event. say some of the folks I met in Collegiate, they're also in the industry. So Collegiate mm. is a pretty good starting point for people who want to get into esports or gaming. Like I said, like a lot of us kind of stick around because we're already kind of working with 
partners. So for yeah. example, we at Intel, we're doing stuff in the collegiate space. That's kind of a bridge to networking, right? So you can start building those connections now while you're still in college, while you're creating your different um, collegiate esports activities or you're doing clubs, like make the pitch, like put together a plan of attack for what you want to do, how you want to shape your your gaming club or your collegiate space. Or, you know, if you want to host watch parties, like start working and building those skills that you can transfer after you graduate. Yeah, absolutely. Alec Guthrie was telling us all about his experience last week where he pretty much established this whole tournament league and mm -hmm. like got his whole league off the ground on his own, essentially. So it's fully possible. And I've even interacted with some people who are in the TSMU community who are hopefully watching now um, who have just done amazing things at their colleges already or even at their high schools. Um, so it's totally possible to just kind of ride that wave mm -hmm. um, and make those connections in the space just through your college experience. For sure. I, I mean, I've seen what's coming out of these colleges too. Like, I'm so impressed. I'm getting like completely professional pitch decks from some of these collegiate orgs. I'm just like, wow, they learned so much now. Like, I, this is putting me to shame. Like, my stuff isn't as good as what they're pumping out for some of this stuff. So you know, just keep working on it. Like like I said, you're building real life skills that you were gonna be able to transfer if you continue a career into gaming or esports like that. Yes, yes, I love that you said that and that you use those words specifically. That is like my top pointer, always transferable skills, mm -hmm. being able to show a company how your skills in a certain experience or even in a certain class or extracurricular activity or a job that you might have done, even if it was something as simple as working at like a concession stand. Mm -hmm. you know, being able to tell your employer the skills that you learned and how that's going to benefit their business can go such a long way in an interview process or even beyond that. So I'd love yeah. that you said that. Absolutely. Like you definitely want to have those kind of stories in your back pocket as you're talking through your interview. Yeah, and you know, companies are always looking for well-rounded employees who've had a diverse mm -hmm. array of experiences. So don't discount some experiences that you might have had um, that weren't in gaming or you know, just outside and in general, just yeah. work experiences because there you learn things every day. So being Absolutely. aware of that, and being able to bring that to an employer and show them the benefit, top notch. That's key. Mm -hmm. And don't undersell yourselves. I feel like I've seen so many resumes coming from like stellar candidates and they just kind of talk like, oh, I just did this little thing. I'm like, no, you ran that event. You organized everything. Don't say like, oh, I just did this little thing. No, no. Own it. Exactly. Exactly. Own it. Oh, man. So I have more questions for you. Pivoting to social media, and I hope that you can't hear my cat screaming in the background. <laughs> if you can, his name is Gus. Just say hi to him in the chat. Um, so social media. We love you, Gus. How, hey, Gus. How was your experience working in social media? And there are there, whoops, are there any do's and do's, don'ts that you can recommend for aspiring social media managers? Ooh, ooh, that's a heavy question. <laughs> so social media. I mean. I've lived on social media for a long time. Like I, I spend too much time perhaps on social media, but how that's really helped me is just, I know what's going on. I, I follow trends. 
I see what people were talking about. I see how the tone of social media has shifted over the years, um, how some paid media has gotten involved and how companies are weaving paid and organic into their social media strategies. Um, and that's layered on top of their community strategies as well. So there's a lot of intersection points between social and community. And I feel like to be a good social media manager, you kind of have to understand both worlds. Like they're completely distinct and separate worlds, but you need to have some understanding of both in order to do well, right? So my advice is, like I said, follow the trends. Don't don't go out of your way to be super edgy and try to roast people. Like we're I we're definitely past the point, in my opinion, where we can kind of pull that stunt. Now people see through it. People are very aware, like, oh, this is just a marketing strategy, like we know. So just yeah. being aware of the trends, especially of what's going on and kind of how the market is shifting, how the marketing strategies are shifting across the board. Um, and just just be genuine. Like, don't kind of play up. Don't pretend. People see through that very easily on social media. Like, you're talking to smart people, so you don't want to dumb down anything because, to be honest, especially with gaming, your players are going to know your game better than you do because they're the yeah. ones dumping in the hours. You're, you're working on the game. I'm sure you play the game a ton, but these people are spending like 10 hours a day on the game or, you know, 10 hours like testing your products. Like they know it. So don't feel like, oh, you're, you're some level of superiority again, above them. Like they know their stuff. So you got to respect them. Yes, and they are not afraid to call you out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the audience is is so interesting, and it's so important in people or in roles like ours as marketing managers for you know huge companies like Intel and Lenovo that we do have our finger on the pulse of what's happening on social, what's happening with each game, like which games are rising in popularity, which games are falling in popularity. Um, so it's it's something that. I feel almost your your scrolling benefits your job. <laughs> like when I yeah. first took this job, like one of the first weeks, I had gotten a a picture reel of like all of these TSM players, and then it's part of my job to be clicking there through all these mm-hmm. TSM players yep. through all their pictures. So it's one of the exciting things I think about being a marketing manager in this space is that your scrolling like helps you in your job and even when you're just playing games after work it helps you in your job so definitely one of the benefits about working in an industry that you feel personally passionate about Mm -hmm. and I do know that you oh sorry go ahead oh I was just gonna say like just being in the thick of things helps like you're the the benefit is like you are the face of the company to some degree but you're also the audience so you have to take it through that lens of yes I'm talking from a company perspective but as a fan, as a consumer, as a player, like, is this how I want to be spoken to? So it's good to have that kind of, you know, internal conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we do have a question from the Discord. Um, Plastic Pizza asks, (laughs) what does your day-to-day work look like? Is it mostly meetings? (laughs) I feel like, Emily, you would... uh, agree with me on this one it's it's a lot of meetings um it's sometimes you you have to go through these meetings um to kind of just get everyone in the same room uh, yes. just to make sure everyone's on board 
there's a lot of emails that go back and forth, a lot of meetings to follow up on those emails, but it's just part of the process. Sometimes it's the easiest way to make sure everyone's on the same page. It's to just call someone up, right? So nothing gets lost uh, in translation, nothing gets lost over IM. Um, but that's a lot of what I do. I do a lot of fun PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> a lot of my time is just literally staring at my laptop and just talking for a very long time to other people in the team. But yes. when I have free time, I do try to just immerse myself in what's going on in gaming. So I will carve out some time in my day to day to figure out, okay, what's going on in esports today? What should I be aware of? How can I kind of fold in whatever is happening? Or you know, Twitch trends. How can I fold that into my marketing strategy where it makes sense? So just trying to get get vibing with the rest of the community. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and I totally agree with you on the meetings. It's there's that whole concept of like, could this have been an email? <laughs> it sounds like you agree with me. Yeah, in that it's just easier to get everyone together, rally the troops all at the same time, mm -hmm. get everyone speaking the same language. Whereas sometimes email threads can just get so out of control. Oh yeah, um, so many people on them that you just you just need a meeting sometimes. <laughs> yep, it's tough when you work globally too because your email is not going to reach the person until they wake up and that may be like eight to 12 hours later so you're just sitting yeah. there and you're just like uh what do i do now <laughs> like, so that's why jumping on a call like sometimes at six seven in the morning is just the easiest way to get it solved totally agreed totally agreed there um awesome well thank you plastic pizza for the question uh, next question, for someone working, or excuse me, for someone interested in working in marketing, what skills would you recommend they improve on to best prepare themselves for the role? Ooh, that is a good one. So there's there's so many different roles of the marketing, you kind of have to pinpoint where you want to go after. So there's different things like strategy level stuff, there's campaign level, uh, you could go into paid media, this also jumps into social media. But overall, I think one of the biggest things is just buff up your writing ability. Like you're going to write a lot. So whether that's doing emails, maybe you're doing copy for social media, or maybe you're doing, you know, something that I do is messaging. So writing messaging for different products. Um, so when they go to market, you have like a very set kind of guidelines for how you're going to talk about the product. Um, but, you know, get used to that, get used to doing PowerPoint presentations, get used to public speaking, because you have to convince people, not only your own team, but, you know, sometimes you have different customers or different partners you have to work with. Get used to talking uh, and being able to convey your, your plan or your point across in a very concise manner. And really just follow trends, too. Just, just yeah. see what's going on in marketing. Sometimes the best way to learn marketing is to just kind of sit on the internet all day if that's the kind of marketing you're going after and see what's going on see what ads are playing on twitch see what kind of ads are being posted onto twitter see what people are talking about just get immersed as much as you can i would agree with all of that especially the powerpoint presentation <laughs> no uh, my, my PowerPoint poor computer is so mad with the amount of powerpoints i open on a daily Yes, and the Excel sheets, a lot of Microsoft Office going on at all times. <laughs> it never stops. It never stops. It's true. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I want to remind everyone how they can ask you a question, Kirsten. So we are accepting questions for Kirsten. If you have a question for her, please do head to the Discord. It is discord.gg slash TSMU. 
you want to ask her a question in the ask stream questions here channel and once you've asked that question join the waiting room voice channel to wait to be selected to join us on the show you can also just submit a text question you don't have to join us on voice but we would love for you to do so if you're willing all bring right yeah bring love it love on questions. yeah love the questions um all right next one how is your nope nope already read that one are there any particular campaigns or projects that you've worked on in your career that you're especially proud of? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm like mentally thinking back of all the years because I'm old. So. <laughs> uh, probably yeah. one of the cooler things I've done, uh, and this is a, a mild flex, was I got to work with TSM when I was at Plays TV. We sponsored them, so I got to do a lot of cool stuff with TSM. Um, I got to do different promotions contests with them, which was always a blast. Uh, shout out to the team at TSM. They're, they are fun. They are a joy to work with. Um, so I think that's probably one of my prouder ones. That kind of sits in our my like influencer campaign bucket of cool things I've done. Um, but the things I'm working, I'm pretty proud of what I'm working on now. But uh, sorry, no one can see it yet. So stay tuned. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> Oh man, that's okay. You know, I might have seen it. I don't know. I don't know. You got that, uh, over you got that inside. Who knows? Got that. It's a inside. mystery. You'll find out soon. Yes, we. Everyone sure will. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them on their toes. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. So, what are some of the more important lessons that you've learned in your career that you could share with us? Ooh. There's a lot, and I, I will admit, I will continue to kind of learn. Like, you're never going to stop learning. You're going to kind of make mistakes, even if you're, you've been working one year or, like, 20 years. You're going to kind of stumble, and you should really take every opportunity you can to learn and improve. Um, but some of the, the lessons I've learned is definitely, you know, speak up. Like, if you're doing planning stuff and you have a – you know, perspective on something, let's say you're working on a marketing campaign for gaming and you're the only gamer in the room, speak up. Like you come with a very um, distinct perspective, a different point of view that your rest of your team has. So it's definitely worth kind of chiming in and kind of sometimes managing up. I know it's a little scary. Sometimes I get a little nervous too when I talk to folks who are miles above me uh, on the management level. But, you know, your your opinion is valid. Your your insight is very important, especially if you're coming from a perspective no one else has. So, like I said, don't be afraid to speak up. Kind of take that risk. The worst that can happen is someone's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you started answering that question by saying you're always going to make mistakes. And I think that's so true. You know, there's... There's always that little bit of room for error and we're all people. Um, so I think it's important for you to share with people what you do when you do make a mistake. What's your strategy? Um, because it does happen. It sure as heck happens to me all the time. So how do you handle it when you do make a mistake? Yeah, so it definitely happens. Um, I think the first thing you need to do is one, acknowledge the mistake. It doesn't matter who did it. You just got to own up to it or someone has to own up to it and you just have to find the resolution as, you know, easily and as painless as 
quick as possible. So it's going to take some teamwork for the most part. Um, and, you know, as you're working through this problem, this, of course, kind of helps build, you know, build up your team. It helps you kind of establish better relationships with your colleagues. Um, and you took the responsibility on yourself, right? Like whether or not the issue is necessarily on you or someone else in your team, the fact that you've kind of owned up and you're kind of taking the lead to find a solution to an error, that's a, that's a big deal. Like that's, really? a, that's kind of a leadership quality that people are looking for when they're, they're hiring or when they're looking to promote, right? So just, you know, acknowledging that something went wrong, it happens, it's okay, we'll find the fix. Yes, yes. Moral of the story is that mistakes can actually turn into opportunities for you mm -hmm. to show how you handle mistakes when they're made um, and how you fix things. So I definitely, definitely agree with you on your your recommendation there. It is always best, especially in a corporate environment like Intel or, or Lenovo, to just take that responsibility mm -hmm. and just own it. Let everybody know this is what happened here's how we're going to fix it moving forward and totally yeah. from time to time you're going to need some teamwork mm -hmm. some collaboration uh, but it's always better to own it and own up to it rather than trying to place the blame elsewhere or just trying to avoid it yeah definitely don't kind of say well it's not my problem and just kind of pass the problem around it's just going to get worse like someone has to tackle it if it's going to be you awesome you can kind of take the lead on that and you know if you if you find the solve, that's a big win for you. So. Yes, absolutely. It makes you look better in the end. Oh, yep. Totally. Um, well, back to the collegiate. We've got more questions coming in about Ooh. your collegiate experience. Um, so for our collegiate leaders out there who are looking for sponsors for their clubs, programs, and events, what advice would you give to those approaching brands for sponsorships? Ooh. Build a PowerPoint. Like this is going yeah. to be the number one piece of advice I can offer is build a really nice PowerPoint. So what should be in this PowerPoint? One, you want to talk about your club, who you guys are. Two, what you guys do. Do you do events? Do you do watch parties? List out all the cool stuff you've done. And then talk about metrics, KPIs, key performance indicators. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a big one. Um, and lots of people look for these metrics things like social media followers, views, amount of people in your club, if you're running an event, what's your foot traffic, those kind of big numbers to kind of put at a, a pretty high level, like what your stuff is and, you know, what kind of viewership they can receive if they end up sponsoring you. Yes, I would totally agree with that. Totally, totally. The PowerPoint can go such a long way. I did have someone approach me for a sponsorship once with like a word document of just like paragraphs why we should sponsor them. And I just kept asking them, we need a deck, we need yeah. a PDF of your PowerPoint that we can flip through and get everything really, really quickly. So I would definitely agree with you there. That was top-notch stellar advice genuinely yeah. put put in the it pretty pictures cool. like brag like keep in mind yes. that whatever deck you're sending it might not just go to the one person you're reaching out to like that deck will probably get passed around to other parts of the team so if it's really easy and clear to read the person like let's say you're sending me a deck i'm gonna have a much easier time talking to my team and telling you know basically i'd be resharing the deck and explaining like who this college is what they do so the easier and the more concise you write the PowerPoint, 
the better chance you're going to have when you're talking to these sponsors. Absolutely. I totally agree. And it just seems so simple, but it is seriously like <laughs> insider stellar advice. So yes, heck yeah. <laughs> I feel like the, the main moral of this whole Q&A is learn PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need the uh, meme of Michael Scott going PowerPoint. Yeah. I do hear that you are a bit of a meme queen, Kirsten. Oh, no. <laughs> we have had some people talking about your reign as meme queen on in the chat. So I won't make you talk too much about it. But I will say I am a huge fan of the uh, Intel and Lenovo punny tweets that were going around <laughs> two weeks ago. For those who may not have seen the tweets, I think Kirsten was the one responsible for a tweet that said, we Lenovo, what's going on? With the no in Lenovo spelled K-N-O-W. It was brilliant. I feel like our oh, social media strategist is like watching this and just shaking his head. But uh, like I said, our team has a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of them, thankfully, are also huge memers. So the Intel Gaming Channel is in great hands when it comes to top-notch meme quality. Um, I think our team, uh, they definitely jumped on the the Dom Toretto family meme train. So I think if you scroll a few weeks back, you'll see one of the, the memes they created from that. Uh, but I personally spend too much time looking at memes, and I should probably stop. <laughs> well, it always it helps the career in the end, so... It's true. I mean, I'm going to be honest, for a long time, I was a professional meme poster. So those looking to get into social media, put in your, your meme uh, skills on your resume. Exactly. It, doesn't, it doesn't hurt. It's content. It, hurt. it is. It is at the end of the day. And it's entertaining, too. So mm -hmm. it should help butter that person up. <laughs> well, I'm so excited because we have a voice question. <gasps> so I'm going to open it up. Silver Dragon, are you with us? Hey, how's it going? Hey. Hello, hello. Hey, it's, uh, yeah, Silver Dragon, a long time viewer, uh, first time caller. Uh, my question is, Intel has always been a really big innovator. Uh, you guys have gotten tons of various technologies. Are there any technologies you can tell me about that you're excited to bring to Collegiate Esports? Obviously, don't tell us about stuff that you can't talk about, but I would love to hear more about um, things that, you know, students should be taking advantage of. Ooh, that is a very good question. Um, from a collegiate standpoint, so our team, and uh, I work very closely with our U.S. marketing team, who is handling a lot of cool collegiate activities uh, in the U.S. Definitely, if you can, try to figure out how to reach out to them. We're I know they're working on a lot of stuff, so you'll see that soon. Like I said, I don't want to talk about anything that's not out. Yeah, um, so keep an eye out for some cool collegiate opportunities that are in the works. Um, unfortunately, I can't say more than that, so just hang tight. Awesome. I look forward to it. Yeah, thanks for your question. Yes, thank you for joining us. All right. Oh my gosh. Exciting, guys. If you do want to ask Kirsten a question via voice, make sure you head to the Discord. It's discord.gg slash TSMU. Uh, we would love to have more of you guys on the show. But moving forward, a question about organization. This one is near and dear to my heart. What 
organizational organizational programs, processes, or tools do you use to stay organized? And do you have any advice on how to use them? Ooh, I'm gonna be real honest. I'm old school and I have a notebook and I feel like that is the easiest way for me to kind of just slap something down. Um, I've tried different uh, like project management tools. I've used Trello for some time, but like I never really stuck with it. I always went back to the notebook and just like a ton of sticky notes. And I felt like that was the easiest way for me to visualize things because I'm just like staring at the words I wrote down or like the scribbles I made. Um, and how I take that, I just kind of translate what I've written down to like a PowerPoint or an email. And that kind of helps me keep organized. I also have like this just giant calendar I stare at as well. It's just, you know, aligned with different dates for events and whatnot. But I, everyone has their own kind of methodology for how they organize. Um, some people use different programs. I'm, like I said, I'm more of a fan of the old school, just write it down kind of stuff. I'm totally with you there. I'm a big notebook person as well. <laughs> Do you go into the colorful highlighter game too? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Love to hear it, love to hear it. <laughs> I got the little thin sticky notes I use as bookmarks too, so I flip through all that when I can. Amazing, gotta keep it old school. And there's something about like writing something down physically rather than just typing something mm -hmm. down, if that makes sense to make it like stick better. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. When, when you're putting the effort into writing stuff for for like hours, you're just like, oh, it reminds me of school, honestly. Like just, yeah. going, you know, studying for tests, you're just writing stuff down. You're just like, I'm just trying to get this into my brain. That's how I feel with note taking sometimes. Exactly. Oh my gosh, amazing. Well, I love notebook games, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> Next question, you've worked in the industry side on, or in the industry, on the brand side, the organizer side, and directly with video game companies before. So how different was it doing community slash marketing management for such different companies and with such different perspectives? Was it challenging for you to adapt? Ooh, that's a very well, good question. I think as I've gone through different companies, I've I've worked on mostly B2C, so talking directly with our players. Um, there are some instances where I was B2B working in partnerships, um, but there are cases where I worked in uh, audiences I was completely unfamiliar with. For example, I worked on an MLB game. I'm not super duper familiar with baseball. I had to learn everything. So. What I did when I first started working on that game was I just went to the MLB social media pages and I just stared at it and went through all the comments to try to learn the voice, try to understand what people were talking about, learning what was important to people. I talked to my friends who are huge baseball fans, like, you know, hey, friend, like, what do you care about when you watch a game? Like, what should I be looking out for? And, you know, they were a wealth of knowledge as I was trying to learn this. Like, I, my background is not in sports. <laughs> I'm a gamer through and through. Uh, the only sport I do care about is like Formula One. But, you know, really getting immersed in the audience uh, and trying to figure out how they think, that's probably one of your, your number one goals as you're kind of flipping through different audiences. Another great case in point was when I was working on casino games, I worked on a bingo game, so really old school, like you're just playing bingo. The the demographic really didn't line up with who I was. 
but I had to learn to speak like them. I had to learn what was important to them and what made them excited to come to our page every day. Uh, and that just comes through just getting immersed in the product, getting immersed in the community. You don't necessarily have to be a fan to kind of think like a fan. Like you do have to do the research. Like you have to play the game. You have to put in the time and figure out stuff. But I think like lots of folks will be more than capable of just kind of sinking in and getting used to the community. Like it's it's like learning a new game. Like if you're playing a competitive game, like you'll do the research. Sure, you'll like jump in. Like I typically will jump in, um, fall flat on my face, take the big fat L. Uh, but once I recover, get my ego back in shape, then I'll, you know, watch a video explaining to me about, you know, how do you CUS better? Like, how do you get better aim? Or I'll read some strategy guide to get get under get a better understanding of what I should be looking for. You should really apply that whole kind of same logic train to how you're approaching your job. Yes, I would totally agree with you there. And wow, good on you for being so. Uh, hands-on in terms of learning about your audience and it's it's definitely something that you just have to do <laughs> yeah you get used yeah. to it I mean sometimes it comes over naturally for others like if you are a big fan of Valorant and you're working on a Valorant social media channel like that's that's going to be super easy but you should always kind of learn like maybe you're a hardcore player player you also have to learn how to speak to folks who are more casual about the game as well so there's different right. levels of the audience you have to be aware of because you're talking to them at every level. Absolutely. it's It can be overwhelming at times, but I think just immersing yourself into that audience, learning what makes them tick is mm -hmm. so important. So if you could go back and change one part of your career path, would you? And if so, what would it be? I don't think I would. I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like I wouldn't change anything because actually, I think the one thing I would change um, is I would be more open to talking about salary and expectations around that. Mm -hmm. So nowadays, we have a lot of cool resources where people are more open to talking about compensation. When I was really young, like I, I liked the jobs I worked for but I was super underpaid. Like I had no idea. I had no resources to leverage. I didn't know what the starting salary of a CM should be in the gaming industry. So mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, I will take that number. It sounds good to me. Like I had no idea. So if I could go back, I would tell myself, ask for that promotion, ask for that raise, like get the competitive salary. Um, but I think that's the only thing I would change. Just getting a better understanding of my worth like as an employee is like a huge thing yes oh my gosh I love to hear you say that and also especially as a woman you know you gotta defend yourself you have to stand up for yourself mm -hmm. um and you have to know your worth at the end of the day um, exactly so love that that's the one thing that you would change amazing other than that no regrets yep <laughs> I've had a very fun <laughs> career so far like I'm, I'm very fortunate that I could end up in gaming and tech and all that good stuff, and probably one of the more competitive regions um, in the states. So it, it's been a fun ride. Uh, I hope to continue and stay in this industry as long as I can, um, and I hope I can continue to just tell other people how to navigate their way through it. Yes. Well, maybe we'll have to have you come back on TSMU <laughs> someday soon and talk more about it. 
So you mentioned that you keep up with trends and market shifts as a part of your job. So can you explain your process in keeping up with those trends and any advice to staying on top of those trends, especially for social media? Is it really just scrolling <laughs> or is there more to it than that? There's definitely a, a good amount of scrolling. So knowing who the big players are in the industry is probably one of the first things you want to do. Um, knowing what are the hot conversations going on, knowing uh, how folks are marketing nowadays, how that comes through paid media, and just kind of getting immersed in everything. That's probably the best way to approach it. Uh, I do kind of jump to Reddit sometimes to get some flavor of news, but I feel like the majority, especially for social media, it comes down to me just kind of spending the time to get fully immersed in the different audiences within Twitter around gaming, as well as Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff, YouTube, like any any kind of piece of media that you can consume will kind of help you better understand what's going on uh, at a trend level. Great advice, really great advice. Thank you for that. <laughs> so you can totally scroll on Twitter all day if your job is a social media manager. There's no true. shame. It is literally that your one. job. Exactly. Oh my gosh. It's it's true. Um, so what has your favorite memory been that you've made working in esports and gaming? And why is it so special to you? Ooh. Going to Evo 2019 was was one of my, the big ones. Like this was my first Evo. Um, at the time I was working for PlayStation. This was our time uh, coming up as a presenting sponsor there. And that was fun. That was so fun for me. Um, like I said before, like I love watching fighting games. Like it's it's such a different level compared to other esports where you have you know mostly team sports like League, Valorant, Apex, all team based. Fighting games, that's it's so different. And the level compared okay. to let's say going to a bit like going to Worlds you're not going to be as close to the pros as going to a fighting game event where you're like huddled around the pro playing their pools matches and you're all just screaming your heads off for like three days. It is such a blast. And that's probably one of my favorite esports memories. Oh my gosh, I love that. I'm going to have to get myself to a fighting game event sometime soon. <laughs> Let me make it gets really intense. Like you're like, dang, like this is crazy. Like people are just jumping around screaming like because everyone's standing up like it's 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 crazy it's so fun oh my gosh it sounds like it i am excited now i have to start looking into that <laughs> we had a lot of fun with like just street fighter in college mm. street fighter tournaments good stuff so it's i think this is our... it's so fun yes it, it sounds like it i'm i need to get one of those experiences <laughs> So I think this is one of our last questions, um, but how do you maintain a good work-life balance, especially in an industry like gaming and esports? Do you feel like you need to work long hours or have the grind culture mentality to succeed? Ooh, so that was a very good question considering what's going on in this industry right now. Um, I think when I was much younger, I, I struggled with understanding work-life balance. Like I very much was in the mindset like, oh, because I'm passionate about gaming, I should really just stay those extra three hours. Like I was working until 1 a.m. sometimes where I was sitting in the office and there were maybe like two other people with me working on this big like presentation that has to go to like the CEO or something. Like that, that, 
that is kind of unacceptable. <laughs> like, current me would be like, no, 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 go oh. home. Like, you need to sleep. You need to have your own time. Like, you shouldn't be grinding yourself to a paste for that, for that, you know, extra dollar, basically. So, over the years, I've kind of learned to separate myself from work and like my personal life. So I've I've done this in a few ways. The first one being like one, I don't have like a dream company. Like there are really cool companies that I've worked for and there's cool companies that I think would be nice to work for maybe in a different life or something like that. Um but I really did that to manage expectations. Like we get really wrapped up especially in the gaming industry around I have to work for my dream studio like I want to work on this game this is my favorite game ever but sometimes that can be really unrealistic and it sometimes can be a punch in the gut when you get there so mm-hmm. going in with a mindset like hey it's really cool you work on this super awesome game that you love but remember this is a job and you have to like create that mental separation in order for you to manage your work-life balance otherwise like i said you'll end up like me when i first start out just grinding yourself to a paste like working at 2 a.m in the morning because you're like oh i have to make a point i have to show up and be here because i'm a passionate gamer like no you can be passionate about your job you can come out swinging you have the knowledge base but you don't have to work insane hours and i i really dislike the whole concept of grind culture because then you kind of boil yourself down to only your job. Like you are more than your job, you're more than your career. You have other interests, you have a life, you have different passions. Like don't sink all your hours into what you're working on for money. <laughs> yes, preach, preach. That was all so, so valid and something honestly I needed to hear a little bit today. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's it's tough too with a lot of us working from home. Like as you can see, I got my my little chippy. I'm 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 at home right now, so sometimes the hours do blur past you know working hours, and that happens. And that's something I'm still kind of learning how to figure out. Like when do I shut myself off? Like it is 8 p.m. I should not be looking at my work phone. I need to put it down. I need to go do other things. It's time for me to decompress, play video games. So especially with you know the pandemic going on and us kind of adjusting from a hybrid life or a hybrid work lifestyle or a completely work from home lifestyle we we really just need to kind of set concrete barriers like i will shut off my phone at 6 p.m i'm closing my laptop this is now me time and i feel yeah. like that gives you a much better perspective because you're not always thinking about work like when you're in the cycle of like it's only about work you kind of get in this headspace where you can't think outside of the box. You can't like focus on different things and you just kind of, uh, you kind of lose yourself and you know, you're working for a company, but you also got to remember like you're working for yourself so you can do the things you really like to do. Yes. Yes. My gosh. Preach all of that. Amazing (laughs) advice. And thank you so much for sharing your insights and perspective. It was so nice to chat with you, Kirsten. Is there anything else, any parting words of wisdom that you want to share with the audience? Ooh. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Make those mistakes, stumble, but get yourself back up there and keep on learning. Don't be discouraged. You guys got this. Yes. Woo, I'm like doing spirit fingers <laughs> over here. 
Amazing. Well, Kirsten, thank you so much again for joining us. This has been so much fun. Thank you everyone for attending. Thank you for watching and make sure that you all come back next week. There is another Q&A episode happening. So it's September 1st at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And the special guest is going to be Mimi Wormkrantz, a.k.a. A Evil Cat, also known as A Evil Cat. She is a Valorant caster and analyst. So make sure you're back here next Wednesday, September 1st, 5 p.m. Pacific to catch the Q&A with an evil cat. <laughs> so Tune in, you guys. Yes, yes. Ali says your check's coming in the mail, by the way, in the <laughs> chat. I'm joking. That was a joke. Um, but be sure to follow the channel uh, so that you know when we are live. Make sure you join the Discord. It is discord.gg slash TSMU. Kirsten, Thanks again. It's been so much fun hanging out with you. And I appreciate the time that you spent with us this evening. Thank you so much. This is a blast. This is so much fun. And I, I'm glad uh, I had the opportunity to come on. So thank you, Emily. This is a super fun Q&A session. Yeah, it's so great to have you. <laughs>